And on that note, we're recording, so we'll start right now. Cool. Nice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another, I don't know, we're on episode like 30-something, probably. Yeah, Um, we've got a lot more regular since we've been in a confined space each. Yeah. Um, Welcome to episode 30-something of Bench Units. This week, stop eating bats. No, um, (laughs) I I don't know if that's inappropriate. It's all right. We'll go from there. This week, we have... In, in all of the social distancing and quarantine and whatever, managed to rope in a guest. The perks of James having housemates. How's it going, Rose? I've already introduced myself, but I'm Mark. It's nice to meet you for the benefit of anyone who listens to this. Still it's, Mark. <laughs> still Mark. Uh, it's nice to meet you guys. Wanted to say I, I didn't have a choice in this. I'm, I'm isolated to my home with James. Yeah, oh, well, that, like, that actually answers the first question we're going to ask you. Like, yeah. she, she's not obligated to do a podcast, but I feel like if you're legally obligated to live in the same room or house as someone who's like, hey, do a podcast, you can't be like, no, podcasts are for losers. <laughs> podcasts are for white 20-year-olds. Stop it. That, that would have been a great answer, though. I would, re- I would have respected you a great deal if that had been your answer. <laughs> Should we get cool. to it? Right. So as is standard, we have a list of rapid fire icebreaker type questions, which normally takes like 20 minutes and it's more, (laughs) it's for mine and Mark's benefit more than anyone else's. So Mark, do you want to, it's been a while. We don't do this with each other every week because we're best friends, but yeah. uh, While we're at it, Rose, congratulations on being the first guest to ever join us since we've been bothered to get to video chatting. Because this is going to be the first icebreaker round we ever do um, over the video chat. And I'm not going to be able to see your facial expressions when you look very confused by some of these questions, which is a shame. Uh, or my excitement when you talk about neon-colored light switches. Yeah, oh that yeah, was, is that, that was one of the cuts. <laughs> that's not that's not on the old ones. That's on the old ones now. Is that, I don't think we were allowed to keep that. Well, I wasn't allowed to keep that in. Yeah, me and Mark yeah. had like a serious chat about cutting down the questions because they were mostly Mark being like, "Right, indulge me for a minute. <laughs> How good of an idea is this?" Just to ease my mind, Rose, did you think blow-in-the-dark light switches were a good idea? Yes, I thought that was brilliant. The snail alien uh, movie idea, though, I wasn't, I wasn't too fond of that one. Oh, yeah, neither. I still don't have any plot or anything for that one. I just came up with the name Snailians and was trying to market it based off that on its own. Okay, um, what, about your, what about your two app ideas? I think this is where you really come into your own. What are my app ideas? Uh, a trans dating website called transaction oh yeah that was a good one and um the disability specific dating app called kryptonite i I was pretty happy with that i think i like that one yeah (laughs) um at least someone likes these congratulations on being the first guest to ever properly (laughs) indulge me on any of my ideas (laughs) nice right so do you want to answer the do you want to ask the first question please do answer the first question (laughs) Rose, I feel like you've already answered this one for us, but question one, why did you agree to this? Uh, because I live with James and I had to. Fair. Just kidding. I mean, I've heard a lot about this podcast from him, so it was exciting when he asked me to join. <laughs> it's so funny that you've heard about it from him and not anybody who's ever bothered to listen. If that doesn't sum this thing up, I don't know yeah, what I like the idea that we're producing media <laughs> specifically in audio to be shared. You're like, yeah, I've heard about you talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you tried to listen once, but I was like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's the it's only fine. piece of we'll media live. that people have ever produced and tried to hide. 
<laughs> I make a podcast that I don't tell people about. I'm like, we talked about it the other day. You're so bad for it that I end up doing the Facebook posts and stuff for it, and then you don't even bother to accept the fact that you're tagged in it, so nobody who's on your wall gets to see it. This is just for us. Oh, no, it's de- it's depressing, isn't it? What age do we have to get to before doing this just for our own benefit is officially sad? <laughs> It's like what Colin Geddes said, if you're 30 and you're still doing something that isn't like a job, you better be good at it. So if we're not yeah. good at this when we're 30, we're going to cut it. Uh, we're running short like on time. If you skateboard when you're 30, you're a loser, unless you're Tony Hawk. Yeah. Uh, yes, we've mentioned Tony we Hawk. Got a me- we got to mention him. It's all good. Go okay. <laughs> oh right. Uh, do you, Mark, do you want to get the next one? Please do it. Um, okay, me. Uh, what would your intro music be if you were a wrestler? I prepped Rose on this 20 minutes ago, so she's had time to think. That's fine. Yeah. Obviously, it would be Lizzo. And I would think it's a hard decision, but I think Good As Hell would be the song that I would pick. I actually quite like that. That's a very upbeat kind of, most of the like, walk-on music for fighters is kind of intimidating and loud. I quite like the idea of it just being bouncy and fun. Yeah, I feel like that suits me too. I'm not very yeah. intimidating. <laughs> it definitely fits. And it kind of the Minnesota native thing is also, I don't know if anyone else knows that, but I feel like if I didn't live with you, I wouldn't know that Lizzie was from Minnesota. Because no, I also didn't know that. I mean, haven't you heard she's uh, dating a Minnesota Viking? Oh, really? She has that in a song. I don't know oh. if it's true, but it's in a song. <laughs> That's cool. Did you see she was like courtside? At an NBA game, I think it was the Timber, uh, Timberwolves, and she was just like videoing Carl Anthony Towns, their center, and just like saying some some stuff to him that you probably I probably can't repeat on here, but she was just like completely fawning over him from the front front row. Did like, you just have to explain to Rose who Carl Anthony Towns is, even though she's from Minnesota? I don't know if you care about the NBA. I, I don't know anything about the NBA. I'm okay. so sorry. No, cool. no sorry. The It'll... second half of the podcast. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. What... Rose can just sit quiet while we talk about NBA stuff. Um, okay. Uh, Rose, Rose, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Ooh, I actually have like a very uh, go-to one for this. So when I was younger, like 16, one of my junior coaches told me that, like, remember the best players always love the game first and last. It doesn't mean that in the middle you don't have to work super, super hard. But remember that you wake up loving the game and you go to bed loving the game, and that's why you play. That's a good one. Oh, you were ready. Yeah, that, yeah, we, that, catch people, we catch people out by being that, like, stupid question, really serious question. Yeah. So. That is at the same time, I think, the probably the most in-depth and the quickest off-the-bat answer we've ever had. Most people um and are after that over that one for a while. That was a good answer. Nice. Cool. Good job. You're, Next you're one, James. Fingers. Killing it. Um, with that in mind, what's one piece of advice you'd give to an up-and-coming wheelchair basketball player? Same thing, maybe, but if, yeah. you, had, if you had something different that was Rose Hollerman specific that you could put your name to or not? I don't know. I feel like that side of, like sometimes it gets lost that why we play this game is because it's a game at the end of the day and it's fun. And we enjoy doing it. So just yeah, like sure. telling athletes work hard, but remember that. Yeah, like this is a kids' game that we're lucky enough to still be playing <laughs> in our twenties. Like <laughs> yeah. that—that that is essentially what it is. Like it's the same game that you played when you were—I don't know what age. Like started when I was six. Like it's the same game that I was like, ah, wow, a ball and a chair and a hoop at ten feet. Like it's the exact same thing. Yeah. That's really funny if you're impressed by a chair when you were six. 
Yeah, <laughs> I've had like had six years of getting used to wheelchairs. And then, oh, this one's wheels look different. <laughs> okay. That's by vertical, I mean by diagonal lines. <laughs> yeah. um, so with both of them in mind, what's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? <laughs> oh gosh, the worst piece of you advice. Don't, have to, don't put anyone on blast. Be careful. <laughs> don't, oh, don't be like, well, but you can do if you want. You to get hot, you to stay hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Um, the worst advice I've ever been given. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard one. I'm trying to think of like you always have like those ridiculous moments, like when you're in a scrimmage and some guy tells you like. Uh, like I float behind you at the three-point line, so you can like backward pass it to me or some like <laughs> something stupid like that. But I can't think of anything. Specific. Yeah, no, I think now yeah. you mentioned that. I think most people who scrimmage regularly probably like experience that once a week. Yeah, yeah and I would say I don't know, but like being like being like a woman in a predominantly male scrimmage at times might lend itself to some terrible advice i would say i don't know yeah but i'd say yeah. there's a lot like hey hey don't you know who i am Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that pr definitely is a thing if you don't have a specific answer for that one rose then fair enough i think anyone who scrimmages will see what you mean about that cool next question catch oh she caught it did she got nice it. job yeah, that's that's what I had to go and get. That's fine. You're done. You're oh, safe. Okay, uh, I cool. did it. I, yeah. I get to say what I have I think had to leave if two, I didn't caught it. No, just <laughs> like I, maybe I think we're up to two people now that have caught that when we've yeah. Up to them. When yeah. Sophie Carrigal was on here, she caught it and she was the first person to catch it. And when we looked, when we looked surprised, she just loudly said, "I'm a baller," which was kind of cool. But it was, <laughs> a, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you, when I, feel, I feel like. Maybe it's just because I can't see how that went down, but I feel like you were very calm and collected when that happened. Yeah, well, I, I was just yeah. like... <laughs> we're like less than a foot away and I okay. lobbed the ball at Rose and she was like arms crossed and just like turned her arm over and the ball landed in it. Like I didn't ping it at her head or anything. Like it was a bit... Sweet. She must be used to your passing anyway. She's probably ready for anything. I didn't pass. <laughs> Come on, man. Like... I don't, I only get the ball when everything's already been run and I'm wide open because of course I'm wide open. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I can't even argue with you on that one. Um, Rose, we've chucked this one in. It tends to be hit or miss, but we're going to get gold from it at some point. So we're hoping you're the person to do this for us. What's the single weirdest thing you've ever seen happen on a basketball court? The single weirdest thing? Can yeah. I tell you the grossest thing I've ever seen? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course you can. Okay, so you know those, like, volleyball hoops that, like, where they put the poles in for the volleyballs and they have, and it, like, it's, like, just a... Yeah, like a little circle missing from the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah where they plug it with the thing. Yeah. Yeah, someone was, like, taking off on a, a fast break and at half court got, like, clipped on their fifth wheel and spun around and landed with their elbow on top of that. And the Ooh. thing, like, popped off and they broke their arm on, like, both sides of their elbow and it was, like, stuck in there. It was, like, game's done. It's over. This Yo. Oh, that was... is heavy. I yeah. Go lie down. <laughs> like, yeah, I, like I, I don't... go to bed. <laughs> like that's disgusting. We wrote yeah. that question. I don't think we ever expected an answer like that because I really don't know how to move on from that one. 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for listening. No, that, this that was another a- terrible episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that'll really cheer people up while they're on lockdown. At least they won't be out on <laughs> basketball courts getting their arm broken twice. <laughs> for everyone inside worrying about the uncertainty of life, don't worry. At least you haven't broken your arm twice. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you for that. That I've never heard anything like that before. That is grim. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. We ask this question because at some point someone's going to tell us a story that's going to make make our lives better. You haven't. Like, yeah, you've just no. made it worse. But, but it was no, good anyway. Sorry. Thank you for that. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> if you were the host of this podcast, who is one guest that you would want and another that you absolutely would not want? Oh, my gosh. Um... Uh... Someone that I would absolutely want. Who is... should we who should we get on? Who should we ask? Who should you get on? Yeah. That's from this year playing in Spain, probably the most iconic player right now, Terry. Yeah. But yeah. I... we had plans. I was gonna get him on last summer, but then I nearly died. So I didn't have a lot of time. Like I thought I was gonna have our whole summer program to get him on a podcast and then it had like a week. So I was like, yeah, uh, but yeah, no, we, we should. It'd be great though. Like, we'd be like, hey, what's the best bit of advice? You'd be like, eh. he'd be like, well, I once told myself. And I've been living with that ever yeah, since. Yeah, Terry would be like, well, a great man, Terrence Bywater once said. <laughs> he'd be like, hey, chill. But yeah, who should we not get on? Uh, Harry, just say Harry. <laughs> Harry. <laughs> Harry. <laughs> So yeah, I, I spoke to James about this when he told me that you were up for coming on the podcast. I said I really wanted to have Ari on it, even if it would only be for like five minutes, because from what James says, his English isn't up to a great deal. But also... Is, it's like, it's it's okay, like it's good, but I just don't know about a podcast. Like I feel yeah, like no, that's fair. It'd be but tough. I don't I think I've ever heard more funny stories about someone. Like <laughs> I, I just really want to meet him at this point. He sounds like he's hilarious. Yes, he is pretty funny. I feel like it would be a little bit like, I don't know, it might be taken the wrong way if you get like this young Dutch child on yeah, here and that you is fair. make <laughs> fun of him the entire time. <laughs> like I did wonder yesterday, like we're on lockdown for another two and a half weeks and I was like, how long until I resort to like physical violence to like shut Ari up, but mostly because I'm bored. Like, <laughs> I don't mean that obviously, but like, at what point am I just going to like randomly be like, hey, slapping Harry is a good way to pass the time. <laughs> if Harry's mum's listening to this one, hello and two, sorry, she doesn't listen. No, <laughs> I, guess. I, think, I think we're safe on that one. Yeah. Um, I've lost track where we are on questions. Um, uh, okay, here we go. You've got, the, you've got the best question next. Uh, I've got the best question. Rose, what's the best way to serve potato? A potato? Not just necessarily one potato, but <laughs> as many as you deem appropriate. Um, this is a really hard question because I feel like you could really like lose love or gain love here. Uh, I don't think it's that serious, but I appreciate the thought. Looks <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Most>, like relax. <laughs> I feel like. Uh, French fries, probably. Yeah, fair. Not Reliable. British listener. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> chips, is it chips it's called? Yeah, chips. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, you can't really, can't really argue with that. 
chips slash french fries are good in most scenarios. Yeah. Okay, we have to get rid of the dartboard question because I understand you guys don't have a dartboard at your flat. Yeah, where we used to record this, there's a dartboard, so we'd just be like, okay, go. <laughs> Throw a dart, see what happens. Um, awesome. Okay, Mark, go ahead. Um, ba -ba -ba. Wait, no, it's me. Sorry. It's you for the next one, and then I've got yeah. the last one. Uh, what's a question that you would hate to be asked on a podcast? <laughs> Don't worry about it. What's a question I would hate to be asked on a podcast? Don't worry about it, because if you say one, obviously that brings whatever it is up. So these are, I, I told you, these questions are for us. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> like, who's my least favorite teammate? Harry. <laughs> Harry. Harry's the best. It's funny. It's funny that you were like, it's best not to get this little Dutch kid on and bully him, and he's already been the answer to two very negative questions. <laughs> <laughs> Poor young child. Harry, Bless him. Harry's the goat. He is. Um, okay, last one, Rose. Can you hit us with your absolute worst chat-up line, or pick-up line, or whatever you want to call it? Oh, my absolute worst pick-up line? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, do you want to count shoulders? One, two, three, four. Rosa just put her arm around me for a second, if you're wondering. <laughs> I've never, never heard that one before. That's bad. That's, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I've not heard it's, that one before. It's kind of so bad it's good, but I'll give you that one. Has that ever worked for you? Uh, yeah. I don't, don't I don't, have to answer that. Yeah, <laughs> like I, your legal representation. <laughs> like, say nothing. Say nothing. <laughs> it's funny that we've got through most of these, and every time it, every time the question drops, James is like, "Don't worry about it. You don't have to answer." I feel yeah, like sorry. this. This could just no. be me asking these, and James like arguing with me about it. <laughs> yeah, putting my law degree to good use on a podcast about wheelchair basketball that I actively don't push. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> It's going to get to the point where at some point we have a guest who's less happy to just play along and it's going to turn into a guest sitting by while me and James argue about the practicalities of the various questions we've already decided on. Yeah. Okay, you made it through the lightning round, Rose. Congratulations. You're one of us now. In about 20 minutes, lightning nice. round. Nice. Is that uh, 20? I've, I don't even know where this is coming. I can't cool. tell. Uh, <laughs> well, my headphones normally cut out at 20 minutes, so we must be doing all right. Cool. Um, so you had a question for Rose regarding media training, which was going to be our transition here. Yeah. So, so these aren't lightning round questions necessarily. I just thought these to add on the end. So we've had, prior to you, we've had Amy Conroy and Soph Carrigal on the podcast before. Um, I would have assumed they've had equal amounts of media training but the podcast we got recorded with them showed that was not the case at all um sophie was flawless and i don't even think we had to make an edit after we chatted to her for about an hour and 10 minutes yeah, um, most of the episode we recorded with amy we had to just cut and throw away and if you listen back to it it sounds like someone with schizophrenia did the edit because it just chops in and out of random topics of conversation because that was all we could salvage. Radio, driving under bridges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, would you, would you say that you have, in terms of your media training you've had with your national team, would you say you're more on the Amy or the Sophie end of that scale? Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see after this, but... This isn't <laughs> media. <laughs> this isn't media. This Certainly not mass media. Yeah. No, this doesn't Sorry. count. 
But yeah, I'd say you've done all right so far. So I'd say you're towards Sophie's oh, end. I'm just think, mortified, you guys, and <laughs> I think I was forced into this. <laughs> I just yeah. remember the elder. It's fine. We'll, we'll, cut, we'll cut the bit out where you say you're forced into this, and then that, everyone's good from that point. But yeah, I think, <laughs> I don't know how many minutes in we are at this point, but I think by this stage, by the time we'd gotten through the lightning round with Amy, I think we'd already had to cut about 12 minutes of material. So yeah, like we recorded like an hour and a half and I think the podcast might be 50 minutes long. <laughs> like, wow. yeah. So much stuff that she's just, I was like, it's hey. bad. James, she's like, James hey. had just taken over doing the editing at that point as well. And you could just see the longer it went on. He just had this vein in his head that was forever expanding. It was great. I had such a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're under slightly less pressure than I am to keep this clean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my next question, going back to Sophie's interview, we asked her who her all-star five um, of women's players all over the world would be. And she gave an answer, which if anyone wants to know what that is, I'll let them go and listen to themselves because otherwise it might sound like I'm making a joke of the whole thing. Um, so Rose, same question to you. Who would your women's all-star five be? Um... So actually, James and I had a very long discussion deciding the All-Star 5. And I think we did relatively well at it. We've, we've like, obviously there's differences of opinion, but we've got a five that I think I'd put up against any other five you could think of, and I think it gets it done. <laughs> Go ahead, Riz. Um, obviously, Mariska from the Netherlands. Yes. Obviously. Um... I put myself in there. Maybe that think, makes me a dick. I Maybe think not. I, I think I put you in there. I was like, <laughs> no, so. Uh, that? I would I say it would take a very good argument at this point to convince me that you didn't belong in that five. Oh, thank you. I feel like what the question actually was. I was like, okay, Rose, woman's all star five. You, Mariska, Yitzka, fill the other two spots. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that's, that's a large part. That's that's what I that's what I brought to the table. And what did you end up with? Uh, the two I said, a three O from China that I don't think we figured out the name of. No, we have not done extensive research. I I also don't know who you're talking about, but I believe you. Yeah, she's amazing. And then uh, Becca Murray, obviously. Yeah, can't really argue with that one. And then uh, I'd say that's a solid five. Yitzka, yeah, that's a solid five. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that gets it done. Like, yeah, I I think. It kind of sums up the state of the world game at the moment as well, that it's two Americans and two Dutch. It's like, yeah, that that's a pretty good indicator based on how the teams are, have been performing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird because it's like we're coming into this, like GB have come second at the last world event. I don't remember where you guys came. Ooh, I don't want to talk about okay, it. Okay, cool. It was rough. Yeah. All right, cool. We're, we're going to talk about it. It's fine. Like way, way at the bottom. <laughs> oh, okay. I remembered I remembered being surprised, but I don't remember the number. Um, but, yeah. I don't remember exactly. Were you guys... Is it the Hamburg tournament that you guys were super young? Yes. Our average age was like 18 and a half. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I was the like second oldest one on the team, and I was twenty-two or something like that. That's mayhem. Yeah, it was ridiculous. That's yeah, that's crazy. Um, but I think obviously when you say yourself and Becca Murray, you only have to go back as far as like the Rio event and whatever else, and it's pretty obvious. I actually watched when James said you were 
said you were coming on, I've watched some of your games from the last two Olympics in prep for chatting to you today. Um, and yeah, you, Becca Murray, and Desi Millis seemed to run the world at the Rio Olympics, as far as I could tell. Yeah, that was that was a fun little trio to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, then I watched the, this is weird, when I watched your guys' semi-final from London, which is ages ago now, I had no idea initially. Bad no call. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea initially when James moved out to Gran Canaria and he told me he was living with you. I had no idea how young you were because uh, you'd been around for ages. I thought you were a lot older than that. Um, so I see you're only 15 at the London Games. And yeah. you, you got a no call on that layup, which is definitely not cool. So I just watched that back right now. And that is a foul 100% of the time. Yeah, that's egregious. Like there's some like 50-50s or maybe 55-45s, but that's like, come on, man. Yeah, that was a foul. And even like, even if that could have been a no call in the flow of the game, I don't feel like you let the semi-final get decided by a questionable no call. You just and also call. The fact that if that's a no call, you've still got one point three seconds on the clock when the ball comes back down, and the ref was like, "Eh, shot clock," even though your ball was on the rim for like eight seconds. <laughs> like, sorry, I spoke about I spoke to Rose about this yesterday, and then I was like, "Hey, sorry for bringing that up." Oh, sorry. Was I not meant to bring that up? No, no, no. It's fine. It's definitely fine. I think like something I've always heard from that game too is that the officials have like an obligation to put the hand in the like the game in the players' hands instead of taking it into their own. Yeah. And it felt like in that moment the ref was like, "I'm gonna take this over." Yeah, I would agree with that. Having having watched it, it seems a weird. Sorry, I don't know how. It would have gone on if I would have been shooting two free throws to decide if we had gone into <laughs> a semi a gold medal game at my first Paralympics when I was so young. Yeah, that's fair. But like you say, I think them putting it in your hands is maybe the best way to find that out. Yeah, like let's see if this young kid maybe that's why the ref did it. Like, oh I can't do this to this young child. <laughs> I just like it's just better for them to just go for a bronze. Like honestly, you don't want that. But like it's what you said, like you you made an interesting point when we spoke about it yesterday that you were like, I don't know, man. Like I feel like that was good for me. Do you want to speak about that? This is actual good content if this you want to speak good. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, like, going into my first Paralympics, everyone was kind of losing it a little bit. Like, oh, you're so young and you made a team already, blah, blah, blah. Just the dumb stuff that comes with it. And I think, like, me going and having that really, really bad moment to start my Paralympics was really humbling. And it could have very easily gone where if I didn't have that moment, I would have been little bit of a dickhead <laughs> <laughs> like I, I said sort of against that like knowing Rose a little bit from this season like I'd like to give her more credit than that as someone who would like win a game and automatically be like uh, I'm on top of the world but yeah maybe didn't give you the chance it's the different when you're 15 and you're like oh everyone said I'm awesome and now I know I am yeah I feel like 15 is the point where it's sort of external things could influence you to sort of go one way or the other internally to be fair yeah like, sure yeah people throwing sort of external praise at you now as a 20 something year old is different because you know how to process that and react accordingly but i feel like at 15 oh there's Otto. oh yeah oh can you can you guys hear him 
Yeah, we, we just heard him there. Not yeah. not a lot. We could, yeah. But no, yeah, I feel like at 15, that might have the potential to send you one way or the other, personality-wise. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even making it that far for selections at that age is enough that that would affect loads of people in terms of, like, inflating your ego or whatever else. Yeah. Never, never mind, like, I mean, if I, I think if I'd have made, if I'd have, A, finished that layup off that you got fouled on, or if I'd have had to shoot the free throws, I think even if I'd have made one free throw and the game had gone into overtime and we'd have lost in overtime, I'd have still been so pleased with myself that I would have been unbearable. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's a weird thing to remember, like, shots that bring games into overtime that you then lose. Like, I've hit a shot to go into overtime in my first year in Spain, and then we didn't score in the overtime. And it was like, eh, that doesn't matter. But you still remember the fact that you're like, I'm the best player in the world for like one second. As the ball's in the air, you're like, I'm the king of everything. <laughs> it was like, hey, James, score one point in five minutes. Nope, can't. <laughs> no, nope, doesn't matter. Done my bit. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the rest of you? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was the. I just watched that London game today. Um, I had a jump back through the Rio game I watched was when the US played our women's team and I think the score was like approximately 4,000 to 3,782. It was the <laughs> highest scoring women's game I've ever seen. Um, it? it was it was pretty nuts to watch. I think it ended up, it was something like 89.78 in reality. Maybe not those first two numbers I said. Um, but yeah, that was a crazy high scoring game and I think Becca, yourself, and Desi Miller must have had 50 to 60 points. I guess that's what you're talking about when you say what a good trio that is. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you remember from that game? Like, on court, stuff after the game. Like, uh, is there anything that sticks out? Well, I think, like, we had a game plan of not jumping anyone from GB, and then they just kept hitting in the first quarter and coming into a t- like into the break and just being like so are we going to start jumping them now and your coach just just stay with the plan just stay with the plan and then somewhere in the second being like nope we have to jump everything from everyone yeah <laughs> and also like I remember the first 10 minutes of the game I feel like Desi scored every single possession and it was just they were leaving the middle wide open and she'd just catch, shoot, score, catch, shoot, score. So I remember sitting and watching that, like literally just sitting and watching for, I mean, and just clapping for <laughs> about 10 minutes on offense. I think like one of the most enjoyable experiences as a basketball player is like the completely unselfish act of watching a teammate go absolutely nuts. Like <laughs> there's something so much fun, whether it's on the bench or like sitting weak side and just being like, don't swing it, just just put it up. Like there's just something so much fun about watching someone just absolutely just. That's been you when you were staying with us and we were watching the Grand Canaria games. That was you basically every time Richard caught the ball, you were shouting him <laughs> from the sofa and you're like, shoot it. Yeah, I like I fully acknowledge that I am I am quite exaggerative when it comes to my basketball opinions, but I think Richard should shoot seventy shots a game. Uh, <laughs> that's up from that's up from sixty. No, but like he's one of those guys, especially because he comes he's come off the bench this season. He's like one of these dudes that I'm like, hey, if you get like a six minute stretch in the second quarter, you've got to put 12 shots up. <laughs> and that's like shooting every possession. 
like more or less like yeah that's getting what what are we talking 12 shots in six minutes is probably let's say you get five possessions across two minutes so he's taken at least four shots every two minutes so he's taken every shot from your team assuming you get some quick possessions in between as well that's t- that's tough going which yeah. we do oh, not no. yeah, no, get yeah. any quick possessions. <laughs> no, we, 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 we like to slow it down. I feel like I can't even say we at the minute. Like, there's been more season without me than with me. But, yeah, we were, we were a bit quicker first half of the season. Obviously, yes. I, I, I kind of like to just push up and down. So, but, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that lineup's a little bit different. But especially when Richie comes in, I feel like we're doing it a disservice if we don't slow the ball down and put it in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. It's, um, I guess that leads us, we'll probably loop back to some of the Rio stuff, but seeing as you've got onto the subject of your guys' team, Rose, what would you have to say about your first year in Gran Canaria overall? And to the point that James just made, did you prefer the half of the season with or without him? <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, no. No, nah, don't. Say whatever you want. Uh... Yes, I thought it was a really fun season. I like X was. was I still hope. No, it could be. It could finish as I think we like outperformed ourselves, which was exciting to be a part of. And it seemed like I mean, just as a team, all of us get along so so well. It's like hard to say for James because at the start of the season we had so many bumps. We were brand new, and I yeah, think like. Sure always had issues my favorite things with James was when I was missing the game and he was missing a game and we were both <laughs> watching it and I would get the ridiculous text messages from him about people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Rose would be like at a team USA camp come off court and there'd be like a message from me being like Claudio's the best player in the universe <laughs> <laughs> that was you guys both was it the Bilbao game that you guys both missed yes Bilbao came over to you guys and you I said to James at one point that your team should just like cut one more player loose between every game because the more guys you seem to lose, the better you seem to play. It would get to the point where you just had like two starters left and you were still beating everybody. As long as Claudio <laughs> is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> just run Claudio and Mandel out against anyone in the world. No. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think Mark was sort of, the the consistent witness to me watching your guys' games when I was at home and just losing my mind every time anyone did anything good. Like it's cute that you call my house home. Just on that note. Oh, cute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I had like I think it says a lot about this team that I was out for longer than I was in, and I still felt quite attached to this group, and you know, missed it a lot, but. You know, that says a lot. Like, I was only here for seven games. Yeah, And then I sure. was still like, hey, it's 6.30. We watch Grand Canaria at 6.30. <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing this Saturday? Obviously watching Grand Canaria. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. No, that was you, fun. you needed cool. to keep posting in the WhatsApp group so they knew you were watching. Yeah, that was Otherwise, it. You'd not be welcome back. back. With you guys, good luck. And I was like, oh, no. Because it was against Alunion. And I was like, ah, oh, they're going to think I'm like, ah. And then we had like seventy, so it's fine. Yeah, that was the um, that was the game. I don't know if James has told you about this one, Rose, but that Illunion game where you had I can't remember what the number was. It was twenty nine, high twenties, low thirties. Was it twenty nine? 
Um, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Rose, you've got to be able to, if you know it's 29, you've got yeah, to be yeah. like, I'm 29, come on. But that was James and Anna's last weekend of staying with us. Um, and we'd booked dinner at a very nice restaurant and we ended up getting out there, checked the stats a couple of times just while we were waiting for stuff. And it ended up that the whole meal was basically put on hold while we flicked the live stream on on our phones and watched the Illuminium game, which I, love I think... Sl- I don't think either of the girls were that thrilled about it, but it was worth it. I feel like Anna was ever so slightly invested to the point that we were sitting at a square table and Gabby, Mark's girlfriend, sat with the, the phone like like she held it at her part of the table so that us three could watch because she was like, eh, I'm not as invested as you guys. <laughs> Do what you want. But yeah, like I think Mark was kind of like, even if the, if the season went on, when I, like when I had left Mark... Even even if I wasn't playing, like I feel like Iconia were one of the teams that Mark would have to watch now because you're yeah, kind definitely. of all the secondhand stuff. Well, mm. considering that you say that Ari's your son, I was going to say, is, is Ari your? Is are, are you Ari's uncle at this stage? Like, is that what this is? Like, I don't know. I feel like he's if I don't know. We've never really put a label on what our relationship is, but I feel like he would be a, in an alternate reality. He would be our adopted child. Yeah. <laughs> he would be a part of the adoption of the Dutch child. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it's important that we never put a label on our relationship. Um, no, it'll just complicate things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like it already has. Uh, I feel like it just has. <laughs> just right there. <laughs> just, just you wait, man. We're never, um, we're never going to put a label on it. And then when it gets to your wedding day and I get to give my speech, I'm going to find a label to put on it at that point. I want, I want gasps on our wedding day. I want, like, I want people to be, like, shocked. <laughs> well, I've, uh, I've no, not, that, ri- I've not really written good. anything down yet because Anna said that if I wrote a speech, she had to read it and authorize it first. So my whole plan is that I'm just going to, over time, gradually stick wedding speech notes together in my head. And I've already decided that I'm going to introduce myself as your first true love. <laughs> Yeah. Mark's decided he's going to improvise the best man speech because if there's no physical copy of the speech, no one can check it. Oh, making Which sure that so Anna dangerous. Can... Like, yeah. well, he'll, be, he'll be fine. I feel like you have faith in me more than Anna does. I feel like one, I have faith in you, and two, like I don't think there's anything that bad. Like it's fine. Eh, I don't know. A good story. Yeah, it'd be funny. <laughs> but, um... Exactly. And um, yeah, ultimately, if I do improvise it and it goes down horribly, it will be your fault because you asked me to do it. Yeah, correct. I did ask you to improvise the speech. <laughs> um... well, no, you kind of forced my hand with that bit because you and Anna very much come as a package deal now, and I've got to have my fun. Yeah, that's, that, it, yeah, that's the one pe- thing that people tend to forget. Like my wedding day will be about you. Primarily. Oh, ju- just you yeah. watch it. Just like this by podcast the, is about Rose. By the time I'm done, your wet, your wedding day will be about me and you. Um, uh, right. So yeah, this is getting dangerous. I feel like yeah. we need to like, go backwards, pull ourselves to, back from the edge. Yeah. So will we go back to Rio? Yeah, let's do it. There's a shot that I always remember, and I bring it up to you like once a, once a week, maybe. <laughs> Every time I'm like, hey, Rose, remember that time? But was it in the final? Yes, it was yeah, in the final. It was in the final, and you were getting pretty, pretty well highlined. Like, you get pretty well defended. And Rose was like, right wing, 
fat casters on the three-point line, pretty much, ball above her head, shot clock on like five, maybe? I feel like you shot it like it was on one, but you were like, ah, whatever. Rose described it as like, there might have been time to make another pass, but it was also kind of go time. Like, yeah, sure. Needed to go. And it's just, I remember just like seeing it in like a, it was like in like a real wheelchair basketball highlight thing. And it was just Rose being like, it was what I called, I described as like a no, no, yes shot. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I'm going to shoot this and it'll be great. And it Love went J.R. Smith. Yeah. I, I feel like it was one of those plays where like I was past the ball up, oh, wrong decision by Rose, wrong decision, passed the ball away, got the ball back. Oh, really bad decision, Rose, really bad decision. Uh, I'm going to make up for this by shooting it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else like, no, Rose that, is playing terrible. That could be a piece of advice that you hand down is hey, bad decisions happen, make up for them by shooting it. Yeah. It's like the it's like the Dave Hopla advice that he was like, "Hey, your teammates might all be well defended, but the basket's always open." <laughs> like you might have just looked around and been like, "Ah, they can't get they can't they can't get ten feet in the air. This is fine. This is gonna go." It was like you were like you're taller than whoever you shot it over, so at least you were kind of semi open vertically. Like <laughs> yeah, on like a vertical plane, you were open to the someone right in front of you, but you were just like, hey, "Whatever." But that just makes me lose my mind every so often. So I just wanted to bring that up. Congratulations. Can I just ask that when you started mentioning it just now and you were like, was it in the final? And Rose immediately said, yeah, it was the final. Did you know what shot he was talking about? Because that's the only shot he could ask you about or because he brings it up so often that you just knew. he brings it up so often. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I love... Like, I'll describe them as, like, F-U shots. Like, every so often. Like, I've told, I told you this early on. I'm like, Rose, you should just, like, pull a couple really early just to make people be like, ooh, keep people on their toes. Like, I love when people launch stuff that even is, like, even if that didn't go in but looked kind of good, the defense would have been like, oh, no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's something about, like, it's like a signal of intent. It's like a Clay Thompson thing where every so often he'll just be like, sat still 35 feet from the hoop with someone in front of him. He's like, I'm going to shoot this just so you know that I'm going to shoot this. <laughs> like, like, yeah, no. de definitely. Scare, scaring people into defending you that far away is worth way more than getting zero point. Like, it doesn't matter that you got zero points on one possession of it, because if they defend you out there, the next two offenses, you're in business. All right. Here's, I feel like we've <laughs> like, that. we've like poked you and like kind of, We've, we've gone in depth about London not going so well and we've kind of mentioned Hamburg, but I feel like we can't just breeze. But you're like, yeah, you, you won that one. We don't care. We're here to annoy you. I feel like we, 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 we didn't talk about Rio enough. Like, Yeah, for what it's worth, I know James has got a world's gold medal, but I think a Paralympics gold medal is way cooler than that. Yeah, it is, especially when you play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... What, um, I was going to say, what was different, obviously winning, but like for you as a player in those four years, what changed between you as a player, your role in the team, the rest of the team? Like what were the differences that happened? I know four years is a very long time, but yeah. like how did you change as a player in those four years apart from going from like a child to an adult? Yeah. Going to college and whatever, but like, yeah, I just, I feel like, I don't want to just be like, I remember when you missed that shot and got fouled, but it didn't get called. And then <laughs> the fact that you won one. Like, how did, how did London 2012 inform the next four years of your career? Um, 
I think just in general, like going into London, I had only been on the national team for two years. And like one of those years, I was actually a child. I couldn't legally go to camps by myself. So like the other one, (laughs) so the other one, I kind of like the year going into London, we basically did like three months of living on my teammates' couches. Like my parents shipped me off when I was that young. I can't believe it sometimes. <laughs> uh, you did all right. <laughs> I'm going to say it probably feels worth it now, doesn't it? Yeah. I feel like that's what they did now. They just shipped me away to a foreign country. <laughs> you made this choice. Yeah, I made you this You signed up for me and Ari and Anna without knowing who we were. <laughs> that was your call. But I think it like instilled a sense of like work ethic and that was kind of something that having that really bad moment in London I took into Rio like being having more opportunities to work hard by going to college and being an adult you can all of a sudden decide oh I'm gonna spend all my time in the gym instead of your mom and dad being like "Mm, I don't know if you should spend five hours in the gym a day yeah (laughs) sure so that was nice. I, I think still in Rio, I was still the baby of the team. I was actually still the youngest person on the team in Rio, like I was in London. So That's I was still crazy. treated as the child, even though I was a starter on that team. So in, in terms of team dynamic, my role didn't really change there. Yeah. There's a thing where like off court, you're like the child, but then being a starter comes with a certain level of status that it's like, I don't think anyone can baby you on court. Yeah, for sure. If you're a starter for the team that's won the whole thing or a team that looks like they're going to win the thing at the time you know what I mean like but I think you said something interesting there about like your parents and there's also a very valid thing of like between those two Paralympics you probably learned to drive so you could actually be like I'm going to the gym like rather than mom can you drive me there dad can you drive me here like that makes such a big difference I would say like the actual the like just the autonomy that comes with those four years of time passing like, did you have any, like, was there anything when you come away? I know everyone kind of, when they come away from a big loss, there's these weird epiphanies sometimes, or sometimes they're just like, ah, crap. Like, were you, like, did you have anything where you came away from that and you were like, I need to work on this, or I need to work on that, or I just want to get better full stop, or? Yeah, I think, like, that next year I shot, I, like, went home, and the day I landed from London, I got home and shot, like, a thousand shots from the spot I missed in the semifinals. That's which like I something guess, out of a movie. <laughs> it's just, that sounds like, like a lie, although I know you, so I know it isn't. <laughs> like, anybody who doesn't know you is like, shut up. <laughs> I don't think we can have guests on for the first time in ages and accuse them of lying when they answer <laughs> one of our questions. I didn't. I'm saying having worked with Rose for months, I know that's true. Like, I could just tell. Like, like that's like a character reference of sorts, but... Yeah, sure. that's so funny. That sounds like movie stuff. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was just like a necessity. I also feel like, uh, like I mentioned my parents saying, oh, don't like calm down a little bit, but also they were a pushing factor in a sense that my dad kind of told me afterwards, if you want to feel better about this, then get better at it. Yeah, that's, and that sure. was, that's good advice. Why didn't you say that earlier? <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Dad. Yeah, there is such a, there is such a, like a physical element I think to the mental side of the game where if you miss a shot like speaking to a psychologist for an hour might help you work through it but just being like all right cool I got better at that exact same look today makes a real difference yeah there's not really much substitution for just 
going and sorting it out. Like you yeah. can dance dance around it all you want, but if you're prepared to just be like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this better than I just did," you'll probably work it out. Yeah, ain't nothing to it but to do it, as yeah. people don't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think but... it's it's interesting what you said, Thoreau's, that in Rio you were still felt like the kid of the team because having watched those couple of games I've watched the last two days, I hadn't done the maths. You're 23 now, is that right? 24. 24 now. So that puts that puts you at 19 in Rio and 15 in London. I think um, 16 and 20. I think... I'll... Oh, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that is interesting because I remember thinking when I watched your Rio game, I did the maths during that point and realized you must have been about that age and was thinking you don't... To watch you play, you don't in any way look like a kid or a newcomer or anything versus if you look at like the GB team that year, I think it was Greg's first year making it to anything. Yes. That and, uh, yeah, was Greg's first tournament. Yeah, it was. Um, and I remember when Greg played, I think against the USA men, so maybe slightly different, but Greg very much looked like a kid whose first time out it was, even though he was the same age as you. So I guess the, the setup in London probably, just from a maturity standpoint, made a difference to you in that sense. Because I would very much doubt if you'd have been nineteen, twenty, and that had been your very first tournament, you'd have been, you probably wouldn't have been starting in first in the first place, or you definitely wouldn't have been as crucial part of the team as you were if it was your first go round. Yeah, I definitely think that. I, I, like a good example is in Worlds 2014. They kind of had that. Like it was my first time filling into that role, and I felt like the whole entire tournament, I was very like shell shocked and sure. uneasy about the being in that situation. So it definitely does take experience to ever be comfortable being yeah. part of that. Yeah. And here's a question to someone who has done it twice to two people who have never done it and. I don't know how many listeners that probably zero been to yeah zero <laughs> listeners who have therefore mathematically been to zero Paralympics. Like, how much different does that feel? Like, is there an element to the fact that going to London prepared you for Rio better than a Parapans and a World Championships did? Like, is it is playing at a Paralympics just so? Is it way different? Like, or is it just basketball with more people there? No, I think it's different. It's definitely because you have components of it that just feel so, it feels when you go through it, you feel like I made it, I did it. This is the biggest competition in the world. And that type of like atmosphere really puts pressure on you. I think for instance, like you go through team processing where they give you a kit of like a hundred super cool Nike, Ralph Lauren, like really, really cool clothing. And I think like when you have those kind of experiences when you're living in a village and you're seeing all these different countries, there's so many distractions and cool things going on and the stands are completely full yeah. that it, it adds to it. Yeah, like it just seems like as someone who has done a Worlds but not a Paralympics, like just from how, like it's, it's the same level technically, like it's a World Wheelchair Basketball event, it's the same teams, but it just feels different. Like, going to a Worlds was and still is the greatest basketball achievement I have had. But, like, I just feel something inside me that it just, it is 
below a Paralympic, not below, it just doesn't have everything to it. Like I can feel that it's not the same. Like it's a massive event and it's, it was really cool and it was really well put together. But just as you say, like there's just like the multi-sport element seems different. The, all the cool kit. And it's just like, like I came back with a world championship gold medal. And it's like, I feel like if that's a Paralympic medal, the, like the buzz around, it's just times a thousand. I would sure. I don't know, but we'll have to wait at least a couple of months to find out. <laughs> Transition. No, let's not do that. <laughs> I think um, to you, to your point, though, James, I think it it just the Olympics or Paralympics just kind of have they're an entity in and of themselves. Where I think the Worlds and the Europeans or the Parapans and Rose case feel like part of the schedule for whatever your national team is. Where the Olympics has so much stuff in terms of living in the village, all the opening ceremony being as massive as it is or whatever. There's so much stuff there that none of the other competitions really have an equivalent to like every world championships or whatever has maybe a half an hour opening ceremony where the teams get rolled onto court or whatever else, but it's very yeah, obviously it's a different league to there and that's it. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But here, like, I think part of it is like, there are people who are invested in the Olympics and then Paralympics who aren't invested in the sport because they're inherently invested in being American or being yeah, British. sure. Like, yeah, that, that could well be. Like, like people want Team GB to do, but people get to find Team GB, for example, or Team USA, no matter what it is in the Olympics. Like yes, if you're watching, yeah. if you're super into swimming and you watch some swimming, and then next thing, your national team are playing wheelchair basketball, you're like, oh, cool, USA. You, like you just, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like there is no one who really, really, really likes, I don't know. British ice hockey in April will then be like, oh, cool, British wheelchair basketball team are playing a world championships in August. I must remember that. Like, <laughs> I think it's yeah. because it's all combined. Yes. Like, people come underneath it. I think yeah, like, you are. Like, sports perspective, too, is, like, we train in a way that it's, like, in four-year cycles. You know, especially for us in the States, we have the mentality that, like, you – you're just, you're trying to peak at Paralympics. You're not trying to peak at Worlds. Kind of like I said, at Worlds, we had half our team from Worlds is a part of our team still. Just because like six girls from Rio retired for two years and then come back at Parapans to go into Paralympics. So I think like that level too changes it a little bit that teams sure. are really focused on that. Yeah, I think that, that makes sense. I think it's definitely seen for whatever reason the Paralympics is definitely seen as like the crowning accomplishment in the cycle. What were you going to say? You said although. I think that's more of a, on the women's side than it is on the men's from what I've noticed. I haven't ever seen, but with living with James, I've learned that I don't know as much about men's international wheelchair basketball as I thought I did or that I should. Oh, that's yeah, fair. Like you were saying, you're saying living in Spain and playing in Spain has made you be like, oh, cool, there's a lot of stuff about the men's game I don't know. Like, what in particular have you, like, either noticed or what have you, like, why would why, why do you want to learn more? Is it to, like, steal moves off people? Is it to learn? Is it just for the love of the game? Like, I wouldn't say it's, like, the concepts of basketball. I would say it's mostly, like, the people, like, the players and stuff, which – 
that's in like living here and being a part of this league is so fun because you get to watch everyone's games. You get to know stats, you get to like, it feels like a huge community filled with people that are constantly watching each other, checking in with each other and just kind of really like, it feels like you're a player and you're a fan. Yeah. And that yeah, for sure. Ele- yeah. That element is really, really fun. Like, do you get many players in this league or other leagues being like, I see you, Rose. I see what you're doing. I see your 12 points or your 27 <laughs> points. Or, like, do you get much of that, like, where you wouldn't have previously? Or Yeah, I think there's a little bit more. It, there's just so many players that – but you definitely see where if you have a good game, someone from a different team messages you about it. Or if you have, you know, just people checking in, saying, how would your game go? How did you feel? And that is a really cool element, I think. Yeah, like, I kind of – there's more of my – national team over here than yours for sure but like that's one of the fun like the standard procedure is like go play a game finish the game shower whatever check your phone either receive messages or send a couple of messages when you look at the scores like how many how many games do we finish and we're like on the bus on the way back to the hotel being like oh my god terry had 40 whatever like that was just that was the first example that came to my head but you know what i mean like and then it was just like there was like a three-week period where like my post game was like cool down, shower, change, message Terry within an amount of points that he had and tell him <laughs> like, like, like just standard. And I think that's a really cool part of it. Like whether that's, uh, that was for me exclusively to GB stuff, but like, I don't yeah, know. I think, I think that happens in leagues like that just because like Rose says, the stats and the video is so much more available, particularly in Spain. And, kind of a bit more in, well, a bit less in Germany and Italy. But it's so, I guess because all the games happen at once as well, it's kind of like a burst of energy that just hits on a Saturday and you have to, I mean, I know from watching it at home during this year, trying to keep up with four games happening at once is frantic. Yeah, there's only ever three games at a time that you want to watch then. Yeah, that's true. That's just me, but it's nah, also so fun. The like the week after, it's like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You're watching all the games that happened on Saturday, and then like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're watching who you're go- all the games that you yeah, probably sure. already watched of the team you're about to play. Yeah, like we had a. I remember like our first week, we went Vigo away, and we kind of crapped the bed a bit, and then was it? No, that was one of my games I watched in prep for this one. I'm glad you brought oh, that one up. Nice. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> play. Um, the and then was it Madiba second week? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I remember we the Monday after we all got together in Richie's apartment. We ordered food, watched that, watched our old game, and then watched like two or three Madiba games. Or we watched two Madiba games, I think, didn't we? Just in prep and like that was a lot of fun. We kind of stop doing that as like big groups but we do it there's three players in this apartment so we did that a lot or we'd have a couple more guys in and that was a really fun part of it and then some weeks we'd just be like no we also just want to watch this game because terry had 75 points (laughs) uh yeah and we have like a teammate that sends clips like you know when he's watching mendel Mendel. (laughs) um yeah he, I think I every play. team has one of them, though, right? Somebody who can never turn off analyzing. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a couple, which is fun. Like that's cool. Mendel at one point was like, Hey, I'm gonna keep sending these clips whether you want them or not, but also <laughs> could you please send me like two or three clips every week? So I kept doing them when I was at home. Just Aww. and then just before Euro Cup, I was like, Mendel, here's fifteen clips I've decided to watch. Um way to yeah. raise his confidence. No, most of it was good stuff. Most of it was like, Hey Mendel, I was about to pull this. I was about to pull you off on this and then you did exactly the right thing in my mind. So nice. Um, and it obviously worked. Copa del Rey against Bill Button. No. <laughs> oh no. Man, I was so sad. That That's one was tough. I've ever been watching a game that I wasn't playing in. I don't know if I've ever had that where you've led a game for 39.55 minutes of it and you lose. Yeah, that's devastating. Although my, I always go, that was really heartbreaking and then immediately follow it up with like sick pass from Dom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I that whole thing was just like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. But oh my God, how did he find anyone with that pass? I watched that game back recently uh, just when the quarantine started. Because I think, when Copa del Rey was on, I think you guys were watching. In fact, yeah, I made you and Anna breakfast so you could watch the <laughs> Gran Canaria game. That's why I missed oh, the first. I missed the first half. Rest in peace. Um, oh yeah. Uh, do you know what I've just realised? What? I cannot believe this, man. I, no, I'm joking. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've just realised I've been stuck in the house for like getting on two weeks now, and I've only just remembered I still have that bag of pancake mix. Fuming. Anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm mainly annoyed that I've not been doing that every morning at this point, but never mind. Um, <laughs> Good was, enough about me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I watched the Bill Bow game back, and it's like you say, Rose, you're ahead for 39 minutes, 55 seconds, but it doesn't yeah, ever feel like. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't ever feel like they're close until it's literally like tied or they're two behind or whatever. They seem to constantly be like eight or ten back the entire game. And then it was just a really unfortunate run. But it didn't ever really seem like it was panic stations until literally the last five seconds of the game, which is kind of mad. Yeah, that is mad. When did it start feeling like, oh, no? Like, was there a point? Was it like three minutes to go? Was it ten points? Was it tied? Probably when the buzzer went off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, was there a feeling of like, hey, it's, it's all right. It's all right. We're just always a couple up against these guys. It'll be fine. <laughs> just run out of time. It was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's really funny that it's like, you're like an elite level, world-class wheelchair basketball player talking to two losers who like looking at basketball in depth. And it's like, <laughs> oh, no. He's <laughs> like the appropriate response to that. Like, you can look at this, you can look at that, but mostly you're just like, ah, crap. <laughs> like, sometimes, like, sometimes that's the post-game. It's just like, yeah. ah, no. I think, like, like you said, though, you don't, I don't remember a game ever where anyone's been ahead for that long and then dropped it at the last second, but it's probably a really difficult mentality shift from going from playing ahead for literally the entire game to then trying to claw it back at the end is a really tough mindset shift to have to make. Yeah, that is, like, I don't know. I feel like, it, though, even in that last possession, we had a good look. So it was yeah. interesting that it didn't end up even, 
that we didn't close it out. It is unique. I guess maybe clock management was poor because like you say, we were up is when you slow it down and like, uh, I'll burn the shot clock. Yeah. Sure. Are you a slow it down? Like, or are you a just keep playing the same way that got you? I, I like the slow it down mentality. I remember actually in college in 2016, we won a championship that year against a team that had beaten us by like 30 the entire season oh nice but we got up like 24 to 8 in the first 15 minutes and I remember in a timeout my coach pulling me aside and say slow it down for the next 25 minutes oh, wow. <laughs> uh, that's never played slow down for like four minutes <laughs> like that's yeah me and James have a very painful slow it down memory from last season um but I think since that game, I've become anti-slow it down. and just that, Which game was that? The game we played Oldham at our place. Oh, I just showed Rose because I was watching it just to relive the glory days when I was playing basketball. Um, <laughs> I watched our final against them and then Rose came in and I was like, hey, Rose, this might, be his, this might be the best game I ever play just because I had about 18 and whatever. But... Um, Rose was like, oh, I want to watch. So I showed her the first quarter and then I brought up the fact that we played them two weeks before that and they beat us. And then they came into that game thinking they could beat us, but yeah. it might have been because we did. No, that, that was nuts because we were like 11 points ahead. And then I think it was kind of bad clock management and kind of unfortunate because we tried to slow each possession down. And then I think they scored on like four or five straight possessions. And it's like the slow it down. It's made me really anti-slow it down. But I think slowing it down would have worked if if you'd have taken like that five possession sample that they had and say they maybe score two or three out of five typically instead of I think they hit one three and they had two three point plays in that. So it's like hey, slowing it down probably wasn't the entire problem there. But I think yeah. it stuck stuck with me more than it should have done. Yeah, there was also a, like there was also an element of it. I think I got subs up eleven and came back on up to. Yeah, it is about me after all. No, it was me and Amy. I don't remember what the sub was, and if we remember, we're not going to talk about it because <laughs> that's not nice. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was wild. But uh, yeah, I think that might be as sad as I've ever been. Yeah, not, uh, well, not that was. Generally. I'm way sadder than that currently. But. <laughs> <laughs> but no, here's here's a great here, here's a great uh, random shifting away from what we were just talking about question that I've just thought about. You play very differently here to how you're expected to play in the national team, don't you? Like it's a different game altogether. Uh, here you kind of well different roles. Start of the season, you were running a lot of two man with Mendel, best player in the universe, and uh, I love Mendel with all my heart. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> it'll be nice for it'll be nice because he's w one of our few listeners, so he'll be glad you said that. Yeah, he, he <laughs> likes being shouted out, but I want to make it uncomfortable. Um, but uh, no, and then second half of the season, you've been like offside catch and shoot type stuff. Whereas national team, you've told me you just you like to just look for mismatches and float around, and you do a lot of different things for your national team. But a lot of it is I'm bigger than a lot of women, but maybe not bigger than a lot of men. Yeah, it's been like interesting kind of, I mean, there's elements that 
definitely in the women's game, I think one of my strong suits is kind of being able to do a little bit of everything is something I like, but definitely the absolute weakest point in my game was mid-range jumpers. And that's essentially all I do right now is shoot mid-range jumpers. So if that you said that to anyone who's just watched yeah. this season, they'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, li- I literally am about was about to start arguing with you about that until James parked in there. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. It's been fun this season, though, like kind of having to say, oh, this is something I'm not good at. And I mean, go watch one of my bad games and be like, oh, this girl is very uncomfortable right now with this role. And I feel like it was, it's just I'm so used to in college only shooting layups, post-ups and threes and then coming here and shooting jump shotters like shotters jump shots yeah that is so wild to me that you're like yeah in college i was like the houston rockets just like right <laughs> the three-point line no mid-range but i guess a lot of it comes just from physical advantages being taken away from playing with dudes sometimes and maybe not wanting to go inside as much especially because some of these teams are like all giants yes they we're kind of small like even like even our bigger lineups are kind of small like they're like general. all together relatively like it's like we don't have anyone huge but every, no one's that small no yeah, like we, you're pretty balanced i would say yeah we used to run like it's kind of like big three mids kind of smaller dude when i was there and it's big three mids smaller dude when david's in yeah but, like yeah it's interesting and do you think well obviously it has because yeah but do you think playing here this year will kind of help how you've played with or you're going to play with the national team or do you think it will influence your role i don't i know you don't get to decide <laughs> i don't yeah i know that's not really up to you as much if, as you might if anyone wants to argue with you about your role just show them the video of that game against the Lunion and you'll get to decide what you do <laughs> yeah but like do you think do you think you might come away from this and be like hey hey national team Give me the ball, 15 feet, it'll be great. No? (laughs) I mean, I think, like, that's kind of the style that our coach likes to play is that mid-range jumper, like, not driving and attacking the hoop a ton and more looking for the outside shot. Granted, we have some girls on our team that are absolutely ridiculous at 17. You do have the greatest shooter of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, like, he'll be very happy with kind of me developing that side of my game that's also why I decided to come here because I knew this is what I'm the worst at and I'm gonna have to get better at it if I go over there oh cool nice. I would say that's worked out well for you yeah and you've done okay <laughs> yeah yeah um, I've had to up with some people along the way but mostly a positive experience I would say on court th- at least I think or it's it's interesting what you say about that being a weaker part of your game though because the two games I watched back from your guys season was your game against the Lunion that we just talked about and your first game of the year against Vigo. And you guys... In that game, didn't you? Say again? Did 20 in that game, I think. Yeah, which is kind of nuts because you got all of those... All your shots off that basically came from the fact that I don't think they really knew you or they'd never seen you play before, certainly not in the men's game. Um, And you were so disrespected by their defense and you end up making a load of shots that as the season's gone on I think teams have taken away from you and you've not got the same looks that you got during that game and then the Alunion thing was almost the same thing except they were very determined to try and shut you down and it just didn't matter at that point so it's crazy 
it's crazy even in the span of like you can pick a game from the start of the season versus the end of the season and you say that's one of your points that you came to work on and it's gone from you know hitting those against Vigo in what turned out to be a loss versus dropping 29 on Ilunion and beating the top team in Spain I would say that shows that you've you've done what you set out to do by coming to Gran Canaria Thanks. <laughs> That's kind of nice. Yeah, right. that was nice. We probably have an absolute heap of questions. Uh, technical term. Uh, if should should we should we go that way? Yeah, let's uh, do it. I think I've not um, I've not looked yet. Gabby said she sent a few in from I yeah, think to I've your got, Instagram. Um, I've got them all here. I don't know why she's bothered because she never listens. Yeah, maybe she thinks she's helping. She is, but maybe she <laughs> thinks she is. Uh, Are they going to be about love is blind? That's what's important. Uh, I have no idea. You but guys don't know what that is. I th- no, I think um, Gabby was watching it at one point. Is that the yeah, is that where they get yeah. married through the wall thing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> get married <laughs> through the wall is a great. That's like Macaroni Rascals level of. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, if, if it was just like scrolling through Netflix and it was called Getting Married Through the Wall, I think you'd flick it on to see what was going on. <laughs> okay, so uh, the great and powerful leader, our podcast overlord herself, Rosie, uh, wrote in with more of like a discussion topic, um, like about good and, well, maybe not bad, you don't have to go there, but like, I'll, I'll go for it coaching interactions that you've had in the past or present that you might describe as influential. Like you can talk about some of your old coaches, like who started you in the game, who's kind of helped shape you to be who you were on court or off court. Um, Yeah, that was kind of, I wanted to leave that open-ended, but talk about some, if you want to talk about some of the coaches you've had and take that whatever way you want. Uh, that's such a hard question because there's so many coaches to talk about. Uh, but do you, Dan Price was the person that got me into wheelchair basketball when I was seven, eight. Oh, nice. And then he was my coach at the junior level for maybe one or two years. And that was like I was 12, 13. So every, all foundational components of my game came from him, oh, I nice. would say. That's yeah. awesome. He's good. Yeah, I love Dan, which is interesting because he's now the GV women's coach. So it's always weird going to tournaments and seeing him and like secretly cheering him on, but yeah. also <laughs> not. Yeah. Also not that secretly now that you've just said it on record. I know. Yeah, I hope Six people will find out. <laughs> oh, no. All right. No one connected will listen. Like it's all just like, it's all pity listens. Like if my dad knew what a podcast was, he'd listen. <laughs> uh, uh and then, like, also, he was on the coaching staff when I first made the U.S. team. And I remember even, like, after they uh, – going into announcements, him not looking me in the eye for forever because he knew if he looked me in the eye, he would give off that I yeah. made the team. So, like, yeah. just always had a special connection with Price. Um, That's cool. Probably, yeah. I had, like, some pretty – I had a really intense coach in juniors that, like, in a, a really – proactive like productive way I've always kind of lend uh like kind of liked really aggressive coaches in a, okay. in a sense like I think that's one thing like Trooper and I at moments 
are really good together because he is such a aggressive coach and I think that's suiting for me at times to get pushed like that yeah uh probably like Doug Dixon was a coach that like helped me love the game the most and came at a really good time in my career like kind of that just made a national team going into college okay when did he like, where, where did he coach you he coached me back in Minnesota in juniors. Oh, okay, cool. And he's the one that said the you have to love the game first and last. Oh, I think cool. yeah, he was the one that like really instilled like remember this is a game, it's a court with two hoops and a ball. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, probably the greatest coach of all times I would say is Jason Nelms that I've had. He I like if you've ever watched him play basketball, it looks like he's painting a picture. Like there's very rare athletes that you can say that about. It looks like he's floating above himself and like orchestrating everything and just like messing with people. So yeah, I think I would agree with you on that one. Yeah, him as like a coach, we always would say that too is like he's messing with my mind like he he was like a coach that would never talk to any of us he would come into practices run drills and then leave oh. and even during games there were moments where like he he wouldn't really talk to us at all like you know and he would just be able to manipulate you into doing things and always got the best out of his athletes and just that's, that's interesting also you're talking about him as a player floating around like i just watched the national championship game from the states and yeah yeah like, guy can still play man like i know he's not he's not a national team dude anymore obviously it's been a while but he can play he's very good at yeah, basketball, still yeah. good. <laughs> i need to watch that national game actually you just reminded me is that I the u.s yeah you did yeah good game good game yeah jay went off it was awesome yeah jay went off that's a great one um next sort of question um rosie also asked what like if like what your national team are doing to support you during what is a bit of a weird time like as much as you're allowed to say like how are they supporting you as an athlete like what do they have you doing while you're here stuff like that uh so this is actually the most support we've ever had on our national team it's been building up since rio so we've have an active sports psych nutritionist strength coach and just those are three components that we didn't have in 2016 i think at the games we did have a sports psych but beforehand we did not and they're all very active like giving at home workouts right now just constant communication i think like this is a team that's really nice because we are really close so kind of the support comes from just us getting along and wanting to talk to each other all the time so that's nice yeah Cool. I would say, like, we've got pretty similar levels of support. We've got, like, a lot of support staff that are sort of trying to do their jobs remotely in what is a very difficult time for everyone, especially because our job is practical, very much hands-on, and, like, it involves, like, feet on the ground most of the time, not literally, but, like, it's kind of an in-person thing, and it's been a unique challenge to see how people are going to try and support us to help us physically, mentally, whatever, nutritionally get through getting through all this but it's just been the same thing the big thing has been the contact like mm -hmm. we've both been on video calls and speaking to our respective national teams like not daily but more or less um and they've kind of been sending out stuff that we can do at home to try and stay ready and it's one it's stay ready and two it's look after yourself because trying to stay ready for when we're both on or when we're back on a basketball court but like 
also just look after ourselves as people and look yeah, after so our heads and our bodies so that we're not putting ourselves in any danger physically, mentally. Yeah, mentally. I think that's really that's really important as well because you guys can do all the home workouts and stuff that they send through, but I don't think anything that you can do in the house is going to get you even close to kind of game shape again, is it? So in that sense, looking after yourself so that you are ready to go mentally when you actually get given the green light to do it is probably the most important thing. And then you can get your fitness back as soon as. Yeah. Yeah. And even with that, like the, like you say, the daily communication, like Trooper has texted me every other day that this has been going on and that type of support goes farther than anything else I think is just knowing even if it's like something stupid where he says do I have to send the U.S. Navy to get you you know just <laughs> things that are joking but like that kind of stuff goes farther than yeah the x's and o's in the in this time period yeah that's that's better than a spreadsheet of like how many reps you can be doing like a certain exercise at home for sure cool yeah um sorry Mark I've got all the questions here that's so, cool man. um Mendel has written in and asked for all of our most, imp- well, it might just be to you, but we're all going to answer the question. <laughs> He's asked for your most impressive basketball-related skill that is completely useless in an actual game. Um, and then he followed up. Might not be a great question if no one can think of anything, but hey, mine is hitting a basketball in midair with another basketball. I'm really good at that, if I may say so. <laughs> I believe him. Also, Mark, that reminds me of the Moroccan dude that you played with in Padova. Who now yeah, that was, that was nuts. I- I'd, I'd actually like to see him and Mendel have some kind of hitting a mid-air basketball shootout. If Mendel is good, like as he said. pigeon shooting, they each have a ball and throw a basketball up. But you've told me this, the story of that guy doing that, like full court. Yeah, it was nuts. You, you could literally sit and shoot a set. Like you could do what they do in the NBA three-point shootout and like pick balls off a rack and shoot them. And he would knock them out. Like if you were shooting 10, he would hit the ball out of the air 10 times. It was nuts. I don't even know where you learn that, though. I think it's like a weird intuitive thing, like in the same way that you look at like what Harry Brown can do with like mad finishes and you're like, how do you teach that? And you're like, you don't. Yeah. Harry, Harry Brown can do stuff like that because he is growing up walking or like sort of shuffling around on his stumps and like throwing his body into weird places. And yeah, like, that's true. Doing handstands and stuff like that's where that's come from rather than any basketball skill. Yeah, like, that- Definitely. She's like a weird. What life skill would have forced yeah, him to do that? I was just wondering that exact thing. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is clay pigeon shooting. Maybe, like maybe he shoots know. like in his free time and is like really Mental. good at hitting moving. Car. No, oh, I'm gonna say it. I feel like clay pigeon shooting is way too much of a middle class white guy thing for my friend from Morocco to have as a hobby. Or for Mendel, yeah. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. I don't know. I think I feel like it's just. I don't know how that works. Like, how do you get good at that? I think I he just, maybe he just does it lots. Maybe when he grew up, he was like, hey, I'm going to do this. And it's going to be funny. He, like, <laughs> he just did it all the time and now he's good at it. But what is your skill? Do you have one? Like a, a random skill. And I can spin the ball on my finger for a really, really long time. I was talking to Ari about this. That makes me really angry. Oh, you play wheelchair basketball? Yeah, yeah, I've been to a world championship. Oh, cool. Can you spin the ball on your finger? Not really. Eh, don't care. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, like people care about that or if you can throw a piece of paper into a bin, like more than they care about, like. Yeah, that's so true. Related. But that's like, when you say for, for a really long time, how long do you think, like, 
I have timed it one time actually and it was like 15 minutes and 38 seconds wow. or something I was really bored with some friends and you know like in high yeah. school when you're like let's see how long I can do this weird thing yeah like me and Anna yesterday when we were wondering how long we could sit with our arms straight up in the air completely <laughs> before it hurt um and everyone listening will be surprised to know that it's not very long. It really hurts. I got to three minutes and was like, right, I'm going to stop. This is so sore. And it didn't <laughs> happen to make me look bad, but all credit where credit is due. Yeah, like, fair play. Everyone's sitting at home. You're bored. You're quarantined. You've got nothing better to do. Put your arms straight up in the air, like as high as you can, full extension, elbows left out for as long as you can. And it will be excruciating in a small amount of minutes. I'll do it now while we're going through the rest of the questions. Don't. It's 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 bad for you. What's what's your one non-basketball related basketball skill? Uh, I don't think I have one. Um, I think I would. I should probably work on getting some actual basketball skills first before I move on to the not necessary stuff. Um, I genuinely don't know. I've been thinking about it while you guys were talking, and I couldn't put my finger on one. Cool. Um, the only ones I can think of are pretty okay at lefty free throws. Like, not bad. Oh, that, that is a good one. Yeah, and... Like, My one for you is going to be that you can hit the ring on 100% of your half-court shot attempts. You always hit the ring on a half-court yes. shot. Yeah, I tell everyone this. Like, I, if you want someone to do the movie thing where, like, it goes into slow-mo and people are, like, leaning to look at the trajectory of the ball because you're like, oh, that looks good. But then it rims out, like... I give you that. Like movies, like sports movies, should like hire me for that. Like, <laughs> I can nearly hit a half court shot and miss all the time. That's a good one. Yeah, being able and, to nearly score every time is such a great useless skill. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm quite pleased with that. Um, Mark, have you got one, or will we move on? I don't think I have one. I'm real. This has actually made me sadder than it does to think that I don't have any real basketball skills anyway. This has made me sadder than the existential dread that follows me around all the time. Uh, I've learned to make peace with that, man. We basically (laughs) play cards every day at this point. Anyway, go ahead. Um, So I, yeah, we're on to Facebook questions. Um, Byron Lynch, who I told you was the guy that writes in and asks me about football all the time, asked me a question to do with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the FX sitcom, but I'm not even going to read it. Um, Anna's question says, um, Anna wrote in, you probably all know Anna, what's the best and worst thing about living with James? Uh, you both can answer that, like, because you both lived with me for a semi-extended period of time. After you, Rose. It is weird, random basketball games that I never would have thought to possibly watch that were really good and them being on the TV at random moments. Yeah. That's very nice. Thanks. You're welcome. Worst part is probably losing to Anna at Uno every time we play. <laughs> oh, yeah, I you do. Uno. You, you described living with me. You described talking to me as like quite energy consuming yesterday. You're like, you're like, yeah, like you just randomly go like in depth about stuff, and it's like quite, quite. It's it's. It's difficult at times. Like, Rose yesterday was like, hey, every so often I'll talk to you. And after about 10 minutes, I'll be like, I need to go lie down. This has been weird. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's not uh, necessarily negative. It's just... No, no, that, that's kind of a true observation. That's like yeah. the time that Ben described 
you to me as being like a puppy and then the next time you're at mine the bin opened on the electric sensor and you jumped and i was like that is the most puppy like thing i've ever seen yeah ben fox described living with me i lived with ben for six months i don't know if you know that yes uh, I, I lived with ben fox and yeah he probably correctly described living with me like living with a puppy yeah like, <laughs> a puppy that watches a lot of weird basketball games but yeah, yeah. oh mark yesterday on League Pass Premium, I watched the game that they, 2013 Miami Heat, lost their win streak against Chicago. Oh, really? Might have to watch that 29th one. 29th of March, 2013. Sweet, <laughs> Welcome. Um, and then Anna's follow-up question to Rose and not you, Mark, where do you guys want to go to the beach for three weeks? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would love that. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, since we, yeah, Mark, fly over if that's available. <laughs> yeah, that'll good. definitely happen. Yeah, the um, that the context to that is that the lockdown in Spain has been extended for a further two weeks, which means two and a half weeks from today, pretty much. So Rough. that's pretty bad. Aaron Gillen asks if I want to play pro clubs on FIFA. Uh, uh, my PlayStation's in Belfast. Um, <laughs> Ari asks, which room is your favorite, me or Ari? Um, mine's Anna, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say mine is Anna. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, Ari is Ari's also like having a puppy. It's great. Um, yes, he, Ari is actually having a puppy. Yeah, it's great. Like I told Mark that I was going to miss his two dogs, and then I was like, no, I do have a pet over there. Like, <laughs> like, Which it, is hilarious because while you were gone, a bird flew into the uh, practice, and the coach was like, Ari, do you want that bird as a pet? And Ari responded with, I don't need another pet. I have Rose. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny uh, but yeah like Ari's kind of it's the same sort of thing like you get up and it's like you wake up and he wakes up and it's like hello and it's really nice to, that's a really good Ari impression hello uh, hello no uh, you didn't you didn't say of course the one time I heard oh. you facetiming him he said of course at the end of every sentence yeah uh, and there's like this is the conversation with Ari everyone and hello how are you I'm fine of course <laughs> uh, um please put myself then don't rate my Ari impression um Another, another shout out for Phil. Yeah, he's got uh, a lot this Yeah, this he's my favorite. Um, he's like a Dutch Tom Smith. Uh, oh, we should get Tom Smith um, on soon. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should zoom Tom Smith in. Which um, is your favorite, me or Ari? But yeah, Ari. Yeah, and then you kind of like he goes back to his room and plays PlayStation until it's dinner time. So it's pretty much like having a dog. You like get graded <laughs> in the morning, then they go and lie down until you feed them. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and then Anna's follow-up question was, should Ari make dinner tonight? Yes or yes? And Ari's mum commented afterwards and says she hope it tastes good. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not letting Ari near the kitchen. <laughs> no, he can make mac and cheese. He's pretty good at that. Oh, nice. But we kind of had a cheesy pasta last night. Oh, Mark, I made carbonara again, and it's the best thing I've ever done. What a um, time. That was actually going to be my answer to... In fact, no, that was going to be second in line as my answer to the best thing about living with you was the fact that it brought someone else on board who was with me for cooking weird stuff. But okay, then, what was your number one? Inflated um, my number one was that if you hadn't have lived with me for a few weeks, I definitely wouldn't have paid 30 quid to download Tony Hawk, but 15 quid each felt worth it. Oh, you're welcome. And what's the worst thing about living with me? Um... I've still never fully got over Anna threatening to kill me. Um, 
Um, this, this is real nice. All the negatives are about Anna and all the hot <laughs> um, Yeah, that oh, doesn't no. count. You've got to, that's not, that doesn't count. You've got to get me for something. Okay. Yeah, um, explain that to, to for, explain. for context, Rose, um, a while, I think it was EuroLeague last year, and I was talking to one of the French teams about plans for next season and mentioned it to James. Gabby, my girlfriend, wasn't that thrilled at the idea of living in France. And Anna was like, eh, if you don't want to go, I'd be up for it. And then she s said, like, when we talked about the fact that we would end up living together, she would be like, I feel like we'd kill each other. And I was like, no, I think we get on fine. And she was like, well, I'd kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, Anna, cool, Anna, thanks. Anna kind of denies the fact that that's exactly how it happened, but it's a point of contention for Mark and only Mark. Yeah. Like, no one but Mark has brought it up since but it comes up like once a month. Just so you wait for my best man speech. Oh, um, right. You're going to bring that up then. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, that would be... I don't know the downside of you as a housemate individually. Oh, um, thanks. I, I'm sure. Is it, the fact, is it the fact that I, I break stuff and run over your dogs every so often? General clumsiness. Yeah, that's fair. We'll go with that. Cool. I'm surprised I'm the clumsy one in this apartment. Yeah, Rose Rose was smashing stuff last night. It was wild. <laughs> uh, like breaking glasses and kicking off. It was, it was weird. <laughs> Rose, Rose got rowdy. Like, it was only like Rose's second day in quarantine when the rest of us have been here for like a month as well. Rose was in an Airbnb on her own for a week. Living yeah, that's decent. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just, this is unfair. I'm making you seem unreasonable. <laughs> Why are you? I control the narrative here. No, <laughs> right. Um, cool. Other questions? Let me see. I feel like I accidentally answered the roommate question as saying Aerie was my favorite, but Anna's my favorite. I thought it was who was my least favorite, and ah. I said Aerie. Just okay. wanted to clear that up. I really hope. I really hope. Yeah, because he's really not taken enough grief so far this episode, has he? No. I really I hope that you actually did say Anna was your favorite and you've just been like just to repeat <laughs> team Anna, team Anna. <laughs> like, I feel like you had to live with him for the guts of three months on your own like when we're here there's kind of a buffer all between each other because Ari spreads out the the stuff we love and hate about him so much between <laughs> us all but when it's just you two you got everything all the time like no, that was, I, I like really enjoyed living with Ari. Don't tell him, but <laughs> it, was, it was fun to live with the little young child. Yeah, he's, he's a man. Like we, we make fun of him a lot, but he's really cool. And it's like, I think it's a testament to him that like his English isn't as strong as maybe some other people's on the team. And he's still like a massive part of, what we all do socially and on court like that would be the nicest thing i ever say about him and i wouldn't say it to his face but you know <laughs> what i mean i feel like that that says a lot about who he is yeah, yeah. the the title of our whatsapp group is airy something <laughs> yeah like yeah like ari ari is ari is a fan favorite and a, like player favorite he's the man um, and yet you guys have have used his name to answer almost any negatively skewed question it seems okay. a very love-hate thing you've got going on. Yeah, maybe it's like a release. Well, like he's the butt of the jokes. Yeah, from from what you've told me about him, though, he seems fairly oblivious to that whole thing. So maybe it's a very one-way love-hate thing. <laughs> yeah. 
He's the best. Okay, so the next question, Harry Brown has written in and said, how much food have you got left before you all turn on each other? Uh, Mark, <laughs> do you want to answer that for you and Gabby? Or? Um, I think we're all set, to be honest, man. I'm a lot happier having remembered that I've got all that pancake mix. Um, but yeah, I think we're doing, we're doing pretty good. Um, we had to go and do the massive bulk up shop for ourselves and for my brother and his wife because um, their little ones ill. So they're not allowed out of the house for like anything for two weeks. So I feel like if we get short on food, we can go to theirs and be like, Hey, remember that favor we did you cook us dinner. Yeah, just keep the receipt and be like, hey, I'm just coming and picking up all the rest. <laughs> yeah, we, we have tins of dog food as well, so things will never get that bad. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty bad. Like, I think I'd rather starve than eat dog. But I don't well, know. That's well, Gabby's vegetarian, so if we ever get down to the fact that we've only got dog food between the two of us, I think I'll win. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> Gabby's vegetarian <laughs> and has standards, is what I should say. Yeah, I also I love how you phrase that as winning. Oh well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And yeah, for us, uh, we're good. You and Anna went to the supermarket yesterday, stocked up on, they went on like a food shop and then a separate snack shop because there wasn't enough room to carry both. Because oh, like That's the dream. Yeah, snacks in this trying time is my whole mental health routine. It's great. Um, <laughs> It's it's made since me feel like we're just on a giant sleepover. Like it's you're with yeah, your def- definitely. And your parents were like, "We're gonna go to the grocery store, and you guys can get whatever snacks you want just for tonight." Yeah, I kind of I didn't go except it's for weeks. Yeah, yeah, I didn't go because one, I don't really want to go outside if I can help it because I don't want to get sick. Um, Sacrifice the girls. Yeah, well, <laughs> also like. You were like, yeah, I don't mind. And I feel like I'm needed to go for the able-bodied element, like carrying stuff. But also I think there's an element of like, that might've cost us an extra hundred euro if you let me go nuts on the snacks. Yeah, sure. We actually, um, we did an online shopping thing a week or so ago that we were hoping we could get delivered for this week. And it was, we like did the same thing where we got all the essentials and then like chucked a load of snacks in. And by the time it got the day before, we got an email from them being like, your order's been updated due to shortage of stock. And basically what had happened was everything that we actually needed was out of stock. And we just had like a 45 quid snack bill sat on the Tesco <laughs> delivery order. <laughs> I was like, there is no chance we're getting this delivered to the house. That is wild. And did they? Uh, they, they, were, um, they were going to, but when we looked at that, we were like, neither of us feel good at this point just ordering £45 worth of snacks, so we're going to cancel the order. Yeah, that is absolutely wild. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're okay. Like, we've got maybe a week or two. And the thing is, like, we've been shopping when we've run out of the stuff that we like, but we've also actually bought some, like, emergency, like, frozen or canned goods. Yeah, that's sure. That's real weird. We can kind of dig into it. And I'm kind of, I'm enjoying cooking. Like, it's a nice sort of exercise in slowing down and like concentrating on something and getting a bit of fulfillment and mindfulness out of something that you also absolutely have to do so, yeah for sure yeah, pretty cool. i would recommend like taking your time cooking something for anyone who's like oh god my head's in the shed what am i gonna do yeah it's kind of fun um, Although i've actually found since um since we've been in lockdown because i've been working from home and stuff it has turned me 
I feel like I'm back to living my student days just because I'm kind of getting up, eating, sitting on my laptop, going back to eat, sitting at my laptop. Like today, I've made myself bacon and egg sandwiches on two separate occasions. And I feel like that's the exact opposite of what you're saying should be happening. Yeah, like I feel like we all have the time to like not just knock something together to actually like like con- actively concentrate on something like that. Like I, I'm going to keep throwing the word mindfulness around, but like that's kind of what that's about. Like it's like I could I've like I sat and cooked yesterday and I didn't think about the impending doom once. So I, I recommend <laughs> it. Um, and also, it's nice to look after people and look after yourself. Like you can yeah, for sure. But yeah, Harry's yeah Harry's asking us like who do we think wins if we all turn on each other? Um, in your guy's house, I would vote for Anna. Fair. Uh, Most able-bodied and a bit scary. <laughs> Anna's not scary. Anna's the best. Um, cool. Um, uh, Gabby has yeah. Mark, you know Gabby, right? Uh, Gabby Gordo, uh, Mark's girlfriend, for context has written in, and this is an actual sensible question. Thanks, Harry. Uh, what are you doing to stay in shape now the season is on pause? Rose, this is all about you. I'll let you go first. Uh, like, our strength and conditioning coach gave us a lot of workouts, so just kind of, like, band, body weight, doing way too many push-ups type of Trying to get prison training. ripped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep calling it, like, prison ripped or prison jacked. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's not okay. But <laughs> Do you think there's a world where all you guys come out of this and you're like less functionally strong, but you all look like 90s action movie stars? I don't know, man. I believe you've just given me a purpose in life. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, yeah, I haven't had, we've been in quarantine for 10 days. I haven't had one of those in five years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, maybe like, we are, yeah, we're kind of, we've been given the same sort of stuff. Like we were all asked what equipment we had available at home and it's a lot of resistant bands and um, body weight exercises. And also we've got big heavy eight liter bottles of water, which are pretty good to like chest press or hold during yeah, that's decent. exercises or, you know, it's there's ways around it. And we all kind of, before this started, had a look at ordering some like at home lifting equipment, but um, we're on a fairly remote island, so that wasn't possible for me. But yeah, I think it's just trying to make sure you're either doing enough or adjusting the rest of your life accordingly. Like I'm trying to eat less because I'm training every day, but you can't do four hours of push-ups. Well, you could, but yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to. That sounds terrible. Like we're just kind of going and a lot of our workouts are like, do like a good hard half an hour 40 minutes or whatever and then you're done like there's no cardio yeah, involved sure. really. you have to replicate that by just like like i don't know putting circuits together but yeah mark how are you staying in shape um so far i'm not egg sandwiches yeah I, I don't know man i've got cp so i'll be fine like my <laughs> i'll definitely lose some muscle but there's no chance of me putting any weight on because I've been unsuccessful in putting like fat or muscle on since I've become like a grown adult. Um, so I'll probably be all right. And just a bit weak by the time I get out of here. Um, but the sports hall at Northern general must be open, right? Because, um, cause it's a hospital. And I, I think they probably have closed all 
non-essential. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's in a hospital. Oh, that's some disabled sports nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, like, that is. Uh, but no, I would say it's either not open or they've no, turned it into a ward, or you should not go. Yeah, I'm going to say even if it is open, I don't feel like that's the place I want to be right now. Um, yeah. I'll probably stay in shape at some point by just chasing the dogs around the house and or garden and maybe bench pressing them. Yeah. I'll end up, if, if I try and dumbbell press the dogs, I'll end up with one arm so much stronger than the other. Yeah, French bulldog and a sausage dog. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's very different. One, one <laughs> eight kilos and one might be three. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think Otto is about three kilos. Harper's definitely heavier than eight and most of it's in her skull. Yeah. She's dense. <laughs> next question. How will the Paralympics being postponed affect your training slash plans for next season? It won't affect my plans for next season, but this summer I'm not I don't know what's gonna be expected of us. I don't know if it will be even realistic for us to be traveling to camps, if it will be who knows how long we'll be on lockdown. Hopefully it's just three weeks, but you never know. So I, I think like right now, us as athletes are sitting and saying, hmm, I wonder how this is going to turn out. Yeah, like sure. I, don't, I don't know because I don't know. Like even if it's like, okay, three weeks and then done and then everyone's safe. That's not how this is going to go, I would say. But don't listen to me, listen to the experts. experts. But like I would say it's like, even if it was completely just lockdown finishes in three weeks, everyone back to normal and there's no Tokyo for a year, I would say that we're not going to be training as we would as if there were a Paralympics because that's it's a bit weird. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, so I think the thing is while you're stuck in here, you're just trying to stay ready. When this lockdown gets lifted, we are both going to be working with the relevant people to figure out how to phase ourselves back into being in a chair and getting on court the appropriate amount. And I think a lot of it doesn't really get determined by us is the big thing. So you kind of do what you're told. Yeah. But I hope yeah. we have a couple of weeks off somewhere in the summer to be outside. Yeah, for sure. I think um, what I was thinking about, because I was speaking to Ben yesterday, was the fact that all you guys have obviously gone to play in Europe because it's been what you saw as the best chance for like your individual development and progression going into the Tokyo year. So that effectively means that next season, I would guess everybody's looking to do more or less the same thing. Cause if Tokyo gets knocked back a year, then you'll still want to be prepping for it in the same way that you were leading up to when you thought it would be happening this summer. So I guess ever most of the people who play in Spain or wherever else are going to stay out there another year as opposed to whatever their plans might have been post Tokyo. Yeah, it is interesting to think about it in that perspective. I think both of us were planning on staying in Spain next year again anyways, I think. Right, James? Yes, yeah, I'd yeah. like to. Like obviously everything's up in the air. Like we don't know if this thing if this all takes a bit longer than it should. we like we don't know when the season starts, obviously. Like there's a lot of question marks. But yeah, we we both had a good time this year. Like yeah, but like we were anticipating that next year there would be a lot of people retiring that wouldn't be playing. So it is interesting to look at it from the yeah, perspective that definitely. athletes are going to stick around. So the league's going to be, it's probably actually a good thing for us though, because I wasn't planning on doing this for an, like a very long time. So it's cool that 
next year the league will be just as competitive as this year. Yeah. Sure. That's yeah, that's a really good point. All right. Gabby, again, uh, how are you keeping yourself motivated in self-isolation? Fire away, Rose. I guess like a little bit of the sense of like I'm given these workouts, so I have to do them. <laughs> and they're also like with the three of us all being here and living together, there is a sense like you wake up and James is like, I already did my workout this morning. So you're like, oh, I have to go do mine then. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there, pressure. Yeah, there is an element of like one, you just got to get it done because it's your job. And I think it's like, it's more difficult, but I think the situation being difficult isn't as strong a feeling as I would like to get better at basketball is. Yes. Like, so, and also like, I'm like, for me, I'm still coming back from an injury fitness wise. Like I'm physically all good to go, but like, I just, I need to get my fitness levels back up and I expected to be doing that on court. So now this is just like an extended rehab period for me, which is it's boring. Like it's way more boring than playing five on five, but it is our only option to keep getting better, to give ourselves a chance to actually be able to do what we want to do when this all gets lifted, because I don't want to, I don't want to have to play my way back into it when this all chills out. Like I want to be able to. Yeah. Just, you like, best stay in shape because you've spent so much of the last year and a bit working your way back into shape on various separate occasions. Yeah. I don't want to just throw it all away. Cool. It is a little bit. It is that too. It's not necessarily that you're looking to improve. You're just like thinking about if I don't do this workout, all of that hard work that I put in this year is going to slip away day by day while I'm in lockdown. So yeah. it is more of that, like holding on to the, what you've built. Yeah. And it's like, sure. yeah, done. I'm going to get back out there and I'm going to be great at this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to play here. And I'm going to like, you know what I mean? Whereas that just like your projections for what you're going to do when you're finally let back outside are like, no one wants to be like, Oh, I can't wait for this lockdown to be lifted so that I can go outside and, try and regain my fundamentals and basically <laughs> like no one wants it. you want to be able to be like ah the second this is over i'm gonna go back into five on five if it's appropriate and just be good to go like that's what everyone wants yeah for sure cool on a scale of one to ten gabby again how good she's keen this week yeah on a scale of one to ten how good of a job do you think i'll do it cutting mark's hair i'm gonna sit right on the fence and say like six because everyone expects someone to be like oh i think it'll be fine or i think it'll be terrible like i just think six is a yeah well we, we've already got a contingency plan in place so gabby's just ordered some hair cutting scissors and she's gonna cut my hair and my beard for me because i look absolutely homeless right now um so if it goes badly i'm just gonna take my beard shaver to my whole face and it's gonna look awful but it won't matter because no one's allowed to see me for the next few weeks yeah i think it'd be fine like as long as you don't yeah. go like buzz it off because that takes yeah. longer than you think like if you just go like a bit shorter all over you'll be fine to the point that yeah, oh, yeah i'll stick, so I'll busy st with I'll stick my camera man look how gross my hair is right now it's just like full-on beetles bowl cut going on i feel like it's fine the beard needs a little bit of work I yeah the beard's fine. gross man yesterday and i was like hey nice to see you you need to get rid of half of that like just <laughs> straight up but yeah generally i think people cutting people's hair at home isn't a good idea and should be left to the professionals yeah like, for sure 
yeah, I'm actually, I've just got sad at how long it's going to take me to get a haircut when this all lifts. Because you should, if, if Gabby's doing mine, you should let Anna do yours. I don't think Anna wants to. Like, Anna's tried to shave my head, like, a little bit shorter, like, four years ago, and immediately. Oh, yeah. Rose, yeah, do you want to cut James's hair? I don't want you to cut my hair. Okay. I actually spent my, like, younger days cutting my dad's hair growing up, but oh, really? that was more of just a buzz cut, so. Yeah, I don't want to buzz cut. <laughs> my thing is, like, I could get it all, like, I could get rid of all of this to, like, a certain level of length. But that so, was the plan originally, and it kind of didn't go appropriately. So I was like, yeah, just get rid of the whole thing. I don't want to be bald again. Like, yeah, I, I feel I like reckon, every time I, I had my hairline's like uh, a little bit more. So I reckon Ari would enthusiastically give it a go. Yeah, but I would bleed. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like Ari would let us shave his head, which would be a fun... Oh, my fun God. Oh, yeah, you should do that. Yeah. You should well, do no, that. I remember when we gave him a mohawk, he was like, yeah, my grandmother's not going to be happy about this, and I don't want to do that to his grandmother again. <laughs> Although he did look awesome with his mohawk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, that was one of the things I noticed when I watched your guys' Vigo game back was that you all had the mohawks. It was actually a good look, particularly on the Dutch guys. Yeah, the Rose, Dutch guys you should have joined in. Yeah, the Dutch guys with the, like, the curly hair, it looks all right. Like, Richie just looks cool because Richie's yeah. tough. Like, yeah. if you look like you're going to be tough no matter what, you're fine. Yeah, but, that's fair. Okay, last... Um, sorry, go ahead. Disappointingly, I chose not to do the Mohawk. Sorry. Yeah, no. Never mind, there's always next year. You dyed, like, the underside of your hair, though, so that when you tied it up, the back of your head was blue. Like, that was... That I don't, was a good time in your life. Yeah, that was a, a, the part of that that sucked was like the four months of having green hair. <laughs> yeah, I thought the worst bit would have been our coach's girlfriend, who is a hairdresser, being like, "What have you done to your head? I'm so sad." <laughs> like having a professional that you don't even really know being like, "Hey, nice to meet you. I'm sad at the choice you made." <laughs> like, that's a bit weird. I'm really disappointed in you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's really funny. What's your name, by the way? Yeah. Um, cool. Um, and the last, this isn't like an Instagram where you put the little Ask Me Anything box up. And someone who I don't think follows me in Spanish has written, Los jeans y una camiseta blanca son clásicos, which translates to jeans and a white t-shirt is, is a classic look. Not wrong. Or a classic. I was like, all right, cool. Thanks to that person. Uh, I can't believe we've done that. Like, I'm a little bit sad about it. I was going to say, I can't believe we've got two hours worth of stuff there and we've ended on that one. I don't know. I like that you didn't bother to read out the question from your mate and yet you've gone ahead and read that one out. Yeah, it's just, I looked at that and I was like, that's hilarious. So we're doing that. <laughs> we have a minute people haven't asked us anything more while we've been doing this. Yeah. Um, I guess not because... Can I bring up a topic? Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah, you absolutely can. Although we've been going for like two hours when this normally goes like one, but I'm so like, sorry. No, this has gone on for ages. We could break it up into two. No, I'm not going to do that. Right. Sorry. Go on. Uh, so, Mark, as you said, you have CP. James and I have talked about this a lot. Who do you think the best CP player of all time is? Of all, of all time, um, I think it will be Ari eventually. Um, yeah. It potentially could be. I can't remember his name. There is a Swedish two or two five. He was a big guy. Um, he was like a midpointer who sat really tall. I think his name, his surname was Kolström or something like that. There's some video of him from about 2007 that I remember Colin Price showed me. 
Um, <laughs> I, th- I think he's probably the best CP I've ever seen on the international level, but you just don't, I don't know what it's like in the women's game, to be honest, but you just don't get many CPs worldwide who get up to the international level just because you're kind of fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, it is kind of a hard disability. Like in terms even of classification, there's not that, a lot of CPs are relatively high classed. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. I mean, like, like there's threes and three fives kicking around everywhere. Weird. Well, yeah. I, I, guess the, I guess the obvious answer um, now that you say about the high class is Joey Johnson because he's CP and he's a four and a half. Uh, but he, yeah. No, oh, well, then that's the answer. But yeah, I that, is he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Because I, I didn't believe it when I think, I can't remember who told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think some. I think somebody told me, but it's literally it's so weird that when you're asked about the best CP players, he doesn't even come to mind because he just is a million miles different from kind of the CP stereotype of not even being able to use a knife and fork. Um, That's got to be it because Joe is yeah. like a top. If you said best big man, yeah. If you go like like, like top, is he like top twenty all time player? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like, if you if you factor in club and international success, he's probably top five. Yeah, I was going to say he's definitely top ten. Like when you look at yeah, so Joey Johnson would be my answer. Although it does feel a little bit like a cop out because I guess he's a very different case to most people. But well, I think that says it all. If we're like, hey, what's who's the best player with a disability at all, of all time? That guy doesn't count. He's too good. There's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Also, does he? It doesn't even look like he has CP. So you're. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe it. Although you might be able to see it every so often, like every time I watch a game that I'll see something that Ari does that's a little bit CP. I'm like, ah, yes, yes. There's been a couple of passes yeah. I've just like absolutely like pinged at him like full speed because I had to or because I wanted to, whatever. And he that's weird though. Like, usually, bounce before he catches it. Like usually, catching's a strong point because it is like throwing the ball into some kind of. Um, like a clasp or something. I'm trying to think what you, you know, like a clamp when you need to hold something still. Yeah, but it's I think of, like, the thing is, like CP hands, like the clamps go on early, so the ball just bounces. Yeah, that's off. true. That's true. There's a horrendous. Do you remember that um, video streaming site we were talking about when we recorded last week? The the Korean one or Japanese one called UStream. Yes. There's a video on there somewhere from when we played the Australian juniors when we went to Kitak Yushu that time. And there's oh, yeah. s- somewhere deep in the bowels of that, there's me shooting two free throws at the end of a quarter and I make oh, the first yeah. one. And then I CP up so badly on the second one that I think the ball comes out of my left hand and goes like, still goes four feet right of the basket. It's. Like if I, it's a good thing nobody knows or cares where that video is because otherwise I'd be like petitioning to have it taken down. I remember that. That was like we caught a rebound with a couple of seconds. Before <laughs> yeah, I caught the rebound. You went flying, and I was like, "Oh, the James and Mark connection," and then you got clipped. And the James and Mark connection that usually only happens on benches. Yeah, correct. And podcast. Yeah. Cool. I think on that note, that's yeah, us. I've made a pee since like. 45 minutes in so amateur this has been great thanks very much Rose. yeah, yeah. rose here. it's been great to meet you thank you for coming and chatting yeah it was nice to meet you too it was it was interesting to be a part of this experience <laughs> that's about the best compliment we've ever had um <laughs> james it's also been nice to meet you 
Yeah, nice to meet you, Mark. I feel like this is the start of something beautiful. Might well be. Do you have any any sage words of wisdom to end the podcast on, Rose? Because I always try to think of some quasi-philosophical nonsense. To end the, I don't know. Eh, Don't eat bats. Don't eat yellow (laughs) snow. Cool. Yeah, don't eat bats. And don't buy all the toilet roll. Yeah, like on a serious note, everyone look after look after yourselves, look after each other, check in with people, and yeah, I feel like that's most of it. Happy quarantining! Thanks. You see too. you guys later. Bye. You will. Bye. <laughs> Bye.